uh, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 30. It says, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart and a good report. Now, this is the former rain. The, lies, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart. The latter rain is a good report. We'll get to that. Makes the bone fat. In other words, what I saw with my eyes, my body is soon and my circumstances are soon, all right, going to reflect it. As far as the optic nerve can, as far as the optic nerve is concerned, all right, as far as the optic nerve can see, faith is the evidence, the optic nerve is the natural way in which you see things. As far as the optic nerve can see, faith is the evidence of things not seen. As far as the eyes of your understanding is concerned, Faith is the evidence of things seen. In other words, once the eyes of your understanding are opened up, faith becomes the evidence of things seen. In other words, the things that you believe, the things that you are sure about, you have seen them in the word of God. You open the word of God every day and you are looking at, you are beholding, you are engrossed. Uh, you are doing certain things. Once you are free, you want to go back and continue the film you are watching. All right, because you stopped at a particular point because you had to go to work. You want to go back and catch up with part two of the movie. That's how it becomes to you. It's no longer, we are telling you, read your Bible. We are saying, read your Bible. You must read your Bible. All right, it's now fellowship with God. It, it, it is having spiritual encounters with Jesus as you are reading the word of God because that rain is falling. What, what do you think Job was saying? He said, I heard of thee with the hearing of my ear. God, he bowed down. Now with my eyes I see you. He said, for the first time I am seeing you. In other words, when your eyes are opened up, faith is no longer, you know, I'm trying to believe something that I, I don't know into existence. Uh, uh, for, for Elisha's servant, uh, to him, when his eyes were closed, he didn't understand. But when Elisha prayed, let your eyes be opened. And he saw the chariots and he saw the angels. Faith now was the evidence of things seen. It wasn't difficult again because he had seen the angels. Ah, no problem. He went down to go and lie down. Why are you lying down? Ah, no problem about it. All right? Why? Because he had seen certain things. So that former rain will open the eyes of your heart so that you see certain things. All right? And that's how God transfers things. Uh, so for Lot, Lot used his optic nerve to look at the land. He says, that's well watered. That looks very nice. That place looks like the garden. That's what the Bible describes as the Garden of Eden. Eventually became Sodom and Gomorrah because there was a veil. So he couldn't see the end of that particular thing. Are you following what I'm saying there? But when the veil is removed, which is what God told Abraham, lift up your eyes. In other words, we have removed the veil. Now look. And he says, all that you see, I will transfer. So God transfers on the basis of sight. It is what you see, all right, that will happen in your own life. All right? So, David understood this and prayed Psalm 13 from verses 1 to 3. How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? He said, how long shall I take counsel? It's because you haven't seen. That's why you're worried about the situation and, and all of that. Take counsel. How long shall my enemy be exalted? Look, let me tell you this. When God opens your eyes, there are some things that happen to you 15 years ago that you didn't know why it happened, all right? In fact, last night, 
I was started meditating on something, and I realized something that happened to me in the University of Lagos. God said, if I, de- if I allowed that thing that you thought was going to be good for you to happen, I just saw it. All right? In your life, you will never have gone into ministry. He said, the thing hurts you deeply. He said, but that I, I was the one who stood against you in that thing because you will have been distracted and you never, I wasn't yet a Christian then. I wasn't a Christian. It was shortly after that I got born again. He said, if I didn't stop you, he said, you will, you will not have gotten saved. So he, he opens your eyes. There's something so powerful. So David knew this. And David said, how long will I take counsel and have sorrow in my heart? If God, look at what you're worrying about, just ask him to open your eyes. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Lighten, consider and hear me. That was his prayer. Oh, Lord, my God, lighten my eyes. Open my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. In other words, I will just go into oblivion here. Open my eyes, lighten. So the first thing he does in our prayer there for that former rain is to open up our eyes. That is the former rain. Now, what is the latter rain there that comes in? The effect, the latter rain is the effect of praise. In other words, the former rain comes through that prayer, but the latter rain begins to fall that brings in the harvest through praise. Now, this is where I was saying that I had to make an adjustment that God was trying to get to me. I couldn't get it into my thinking because I'd been used to, all right, Luther. Listen, uh, somebody I know who is, uh, who is fighting a deadly disease in that person's body. And I told the person recently, while well, I was praying for the person, I sent the person a message and I said to that person, the mistake you will be making is that you are asking God to heal you. If that is your prayer, it's not going to work. I, what are you talking about? I said, your prayer should be, God, open my eyes to see that I am healed. Do you get what I'm saying there? I said, God, open my eyes because you already have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Open my eyes to see that I have been healed. I said, the day your eyes are opened and you see in the scripture that you are healed and you see it, you will cease from prayer and start praising God. And once that praising God, the latter rain starts, the demonstration of power starts, it will enter into your body. But you will come to the point where you will have the boldness to say, it is done. I'm no longer praying about this. Now I'm praising God. But you have to see it. It's not something I can preach to you and then you say, just go and praise God. No, you have to see it. In other words, you have to come to the point where, I mean, it was like, it was like somebody, I've told the story before, who, who they were going to amputate her feet. And, and she was praying and she was praying and praying God. And then one day she got to the scripture because when your eyes are open, you will see a scripture in the way you've never seen it before or see it's a scripture that you have never seen before. No human being will have ever taught you in that way. That's why Jesus said, Jesus, the rabbi, you can't teach more than Jesus. He said, who do you say that I am? They said, you are Christ, son of living God. He said, flesh and blood, including myself, did not teach you this. He said, but my father who is in heaven, upon this, flesh and blood didn't reveal, upon this rock, this is the foundation for anything. He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, in answer to prayer, the father must show you something. And it is something that when you say, so this woman got to the point and then she said, 
While she was praying, God opened her eyes and saw a scripture. The Lord shall be thy, that we're going to have to eat her right foot. The Lord shall be thy confidence and shall not suffer thy foot to be taken. Have you ever heard anybody teach that scripture on amputation? No. When you see it, you know you have seen it. She said, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the doctor. Let's start praising God. Lord, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Now you start praising God. Once you start praising God, then power. And I'm going to show you this. The, the only place in scripture, the only time in scripture, you can find that the set time for the manifestation of God's presence in the life of anybody is when that person begins to praise God. All right? Which means that the Bible will say, as soon as they started praising, the Bible says when they began, as, when they began to praise, God set an ambushment. In other words, when you start praising God is when you start externalizing the power of God in your life. So let's follow this and see this. The latter rain here. All right? Here's the latter rain here. Psalm 43, verse 3 to 4. So I want to show you here. Light comes and then you get into prayer, into praise. Prayer produces light. The travail we should be doing in prayer is that God opened my eyes that I might see. God opened my eyes that I might see. Why do you think all Paul's prayer were for revelation? Why do you think his prayer was, God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you? Why was the second prayer, fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding? Why was he just praying that? All right? So we get here. Send out thy light and thy truth. Now, once that light comes, let them lead me. Where are they taking you to? Let them bring me onto thy holy hill. Which means without this revelation, I can't get here. Unto thy tabernacles. Next verse. Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp, I will praise thee, O God, my God there. All right? Which means when light comes, light will now take me into the altar of God, into the secret place of the Most High. Then I will begin to rejoice. Then I'll begin to praise God for what he has shown me. Then I'll start singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And start rejoicing, and start rejoicing, and start rejoicing. And then when I start rejoicing, we'll see this. That's when the manifestation begins to come. Uh, Psalm 118 from verse 27 to verse 29. God is the Lord which hath showed us light. So he showed them light. Then what did he say? Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. What was this sacrifice? Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Next verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. So what he does is he sends light, and then with that light I now come. That's why Paul said, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus. He said, this light is the treasure that we have in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power might be seen to be of God and not of us. When that light comes in, then we start rejoicing in that light. And when we start rejoicing and praising him for that light, and start rejoicing and praising him, and start rejoicing and praising him, and start rejoicing. See, I was reading a book, 
And, and, uh, right? Somebody sent it to me. It's not in print again. And, and in the book, the man was talking about some, some chaps who said, that, you know, they used to, they used to blaspheme and they, they were into some demonic stuff and they'll be blaspheming and using terrible words. And this was America and all of that until a spirit will come upon them. He says once that spirit comes upon them, then they will begin to walk signs and wonders with that spirit. And when the man said, the writer of the book said, the Holy Ghost told him, if my people will stay long enough in praise, and they'll praise me and praise me and praise me. And that is what the angel of the Lord told Mary. Mary said, how can these things be? He said, the Holy Ghost will come upon thee, and the power of God will overshadow thee. Please, go and read the scripture. You will not see Mary asking God to do it. You will only see Mary praising God as though it were done. It was her, she was praising that the Bible says you get into the temple of God and as you start praising the glory and the cloud rest upon that thing. And the man said, the Holy Ghost said, tell my people, if they will stay long enough in praise, he said, then my spirit will rest upon them and signs and wonders will come as a result of it. The secret there is the praise. But you know, we are, to, to make this adjustment is hard. All right? But, but you don't want to struggle in prayer. But let me just say this here. And that's what leads to the feast of what we call in-gathering. You know, in the Bible, there are three feasts. That's in, no, sorry, say Bible. In, in the Jewish calendar, there were three feasts. The feast of Passover. And they are historic feasts. And God deliberately, so we won't say that, you know, the, those things are gone. He deliberately made sure that, that Jesus was our Passover. He died on the Passover day. That's the day Jesus died. And he calls him a Passover who has been sacrificed for us. Then the second feast was 50 days after, and it was called the feast, which meant of weeks, all right, which was the feast of first fruit, or it was called the feast of Pentecost. In other words, the first fruits of what God wants to do comes out. It was the feast of Pentecost, and that was the day that the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, and so that feast. So the feast of Passover represents getting born again at Passover. The feast of Pentecost is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is why we are called Pentecostals. The people that don't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit are called evangelicals. Those who have the all right, infilling are now called Pentecostals. In other words, they stopped at that feast. We have gone into the second feast. The last feast is where the church has to get to, which is called the Feast of Tabernacles. That was the great day. John 7, verse 37. The last day, the day of that, the great day of the feast. That was the feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus said, this is what's going to happen on this day. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He says, he will take it in. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow. Next week I'll talk about this. Shall, and I'm going to show you a secret in the Bible. Flow rivers of living water. But he has to come to me and drink first. And he will take in what is now going to come out as rivers of living water. He didn't just say, if you are thirsty out of your belly. It means your belly is empty. You take it in, and then from within it's multiplied, and rivers are going to come out. And what are you taking in? Isaiah 55 tells us. It says, you that are thirsty, come to the waters and drink. All right? It says, hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good. This is what he's talking about, verse 2. He's talking about the word of God. He says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? You labor for what's that right? He says, hearken diligently unto me. Which means, any man that thirsts, come to me and drink. Which means, come and listen. Come, come to me. I will start revealing things to you. And then what's going to happen is out of your bed is going to flow. Now, 
That is the third feast, all right? Which is the feast that we got to enter into. And that's the feast of ingathering that brings the harvest. Now, before anything happens, this is the law of God on a mass scale. What he's going to do is he's going to create representatives of that thing, push them as foreigners, then spread it to every single person. You can pray amiss, but you can't praise amiss. I'm saying that this is not just, oh, they told us to praise God in the morning, oh, so we just stand up. Jesus, 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 power, super power, Jesus, power, super power, Jesus, power, super. That's not what I'm saying, oh. I'm saying you are reaching out to God for things. He's revealing things to you. When he gives you light in answer to prayer, you take that light into praise. The song that you are singing, you are hearing it for the first time yourself because it's a song of revelation back unto God. It, it, it is a song of worship back. And that's what Jesus said. He said, there are they that testify of me, but you are not bringing that testimony to me in worship that I might impart the life of what you are seeing in scripture. You say, how can you say, how, how is it worship? The testimony, how is it worship? Revelation 19, verse 10. It says, and I fell at his feet to worship him and he said, see that thou do it not. I'm a fellow servant. That's the angel told John of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus I've given to you is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy means use that. Inspired ways, psalms, hymns, all these testimonies for you, go and worship God there. So you receive the testimony of Jesus and then you go and worship him. And then you have manifestation and then we get into the feast of the end gathering. So let me close with this scripture. All right, next week, next week. There's a secret I want to share. In fact, the title of next week's message is The Secret. Okay? This, this is former rain that I, ah, I saw it. I said, cha. All right? Now, let me close with this. Isaiah 49 and verse 4. Okay, now look at the dynamics here, and I want to show you what stops praise. Remember, that's what Jonah said. You see, Jesus told them, if that's how you get to the resurrection power, praise. They said, how do we know? They came to Jesus and said, show us a sign. Jesus said, I will not show you any sign apart from Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the whale for, or belly of the fish, he didn't say whale. We should know what we read in Sunday school to it. As belly of the fish for three days and night, so shall the son of man be. In other words, go and study Jonah you'll find out that what Jonah did to get out of the belly of the whale is what I'm going to do to get the resurrection power to work. Now, when Jonah was in the belly of the whale, he said, they that observe lying vanities will forsake God's mercy. In other words, God's mercy is there, but they will forsake it because they're observing, they're looking at lying vanities. He said, but I'm not going to look at lying vanities. I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving with my mouth. Will I sacrifice, uh, offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay that which I have vowed? Salvation belongs to the Lord. All right, so let's go back to Isaiah 49.4. We are starting there. Now, so look at this, Isaiah 49.4. Look at this. So this gentleman says, Then said I, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. He said, But surely, all right, my judgment is with the Lord and my work with him. In other words, I've labored, I've done everything in vain. He said, but there is a God, but surely. But I want to show you what stops the power and what makes the power visible. Next verse. He now says, and now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. So this person said, I've labored in vain. 
So the Lord started showing him the eternal things. He says, to bring Jacob again unto him. Though Israel is not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord my God, and the Lord shall be my strength. Then next verse, God started talking to him. And he said, it is a light thing that thou should be my servant. While nothing is happening, he says, listen, look at it. It's a light thing that you should be my servant to raise the tribes of Jacob, to restore the preserved of Israel. I'm going to give you for a light to the Gentiles that you may be my salvation to the ends of the earth. It's going to be global. Next verse, he now says, all right, thus said the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, to him, to him whom man despised. Men were despising him at that time. To him whom nations abhor. To the servant of rulers, kings will see you and arise. Princes also will worship, because the Lord is faithful, and the Holy One of Israel shall choose thee. Verse 8, it now goes on. And thus said the Lord, in an acceptable time I will hear thee, in the day of salvation will I help thee. Now, please, this acceptable time is the year of jubilee. It is the year, it's not when God says, it's not when it's acceptable. It means the year you release all the people. I don't have time to go into it. But the, you release all the people that you labored in vain for and, and disappointed you. The acceptable time is the year you forgive them. It says the year you forgive all of them and let go of all of that and know there's a future. It says, I will help thee. I will preserve thee for, and give you for a covenant to the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit desolate heritages. All right, next verse. That thou may say unto prisoners, so he's looking at that, while he feels abandoned, to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They will feed in the ways. My pas the pastures will be in the high places. Next verse, it says, uh, they shall not hunger nor thirst. He said, even by the springs of the water shall he guide them. Next verse, it goes on. And I will make all my mountains away, and highways shall be exalted. Verse 12. Behold, he said, look at it, behold, look at what we're saying. And he was seeing it. He says, lo, they shall come from the north, from far. All these things are going to come to you. It says, from the west, from the land of Sinem, they will come. That word Sinem means the land of sin. Even people who are drunkards right now will come to you. It says, behold, these shall come from far. Lo, from the north. He was looking at it. Lo, from the west, from the land of Sinem. Now, next verse there. It says, sing. In order to get to what I'm showing you, he said, sing, all right? Be joyful. Break forth into singing. Can you see the evidence here? Start singing these things I'm showing. Break forth into singing. For I've comforted his people and will have mercy on the afflicted. You know what the man said? Next verse. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. That look at all this thing you are showing me. He observed lying vanities. I've labored in vain. My business is not working. That's why Habakkuk says, though this happens, those this happens, those that don't know. He says, yet shall we do what? Rejoice. In other words, to bring manifestation is rejoicing. That's why he says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation. So you know what I tell you? He says, you have forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Ah, God said, I will continue to persuade you. God then went on. Can a woman forget her second child? That she don't have compassion. Yea, they may forget, but I will not forget thee. I've engraven thee upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually trying to get him to cross from discouragement to praise. These are the things that I want to do. He says that thy children shall make haste. The distress that made the way shall go forth of thee. Verse 18, he says, lift up your eyes round about. All these gather themselves together. As I live, saith the Lord, they just clothe yourselves as an ornament. Verse 19, he says, for thy waste places are desolate places, a land of destruction, shall even be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallowed thee up shall be far. Verse 20, he says, thy children which thou shall have after you've lost the other will say in thy eyes, this place is too narrow. Give place that I may dwell. And then you are going to say, thou shalt say, who hath begotten me all this? 
In other words, when praise begins to deliver the harvest, you will ask, where did all this thing come from? Where did all these clients, where did all this come from? Where did all this restoration come from? All right? It's by asking God to open your eyes in the midst of the crisis, looking at what he has said, getting persuaded of it, and start rejoicing. That's how everything comes. All right? So we go into it now. It's not going to be an easy thing to make an adjustment because we like a looter. In other words, no, God. God, no, 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 no. I, I will hold you. God. Oh, God. You will not leave me today. God. Do it. That's the kind we like. Oh, Lord. I grab your altar. Oh, what we don't understand. Listen. All right? Pray that, that you may see. Go to him. God, no, open my eyes. <laughs> Reveal it to me, Lord. Open my eyes. May God... <laughs> you are getting it. Two hours that way, then open the Bible. God starts talking to you. When you start hearing me, shut it. I'll start rejoicing. He says, they rejoice at thy word as though that found great spot. When you start rejoicing, I'm telling you the secret here, manifestations that's coming. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. I ask that you give to every single person afresh this morning the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of you. Open the eyes of their understanding, Lord. Open it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.